if you would open your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. Can you do me a favor? Can you focus today? Yes. You know, Benjamin and I, we really believe in the public reading of the Word of God. That more than what we think of the Word of God, you need to read and hear the Word of God. That's why we're, we, we are doing these these days, right? And so we're gonna, our chapter is a little bit long, but please don't, do not think about what you're going to eat later or the bills that you're going to pay later. More than any other time, we focus and allow the words of Scripture to be rooted and minister to your spirit. Amen? So starting at Acts 13, verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, everybody say, the Holy Spirit said. Set apart for me Barnabas, Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, say fasted and prayed. Fasted and prayed. They placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, filled with the Holy Spirit. Looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed. Everybody say believed. For he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga. In Pamphylia and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia. And went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, stay on. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of his people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. After John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of the repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of the salvation has been sent. 
For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. Hmm. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Hmm. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. Hmm. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised from him the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus. I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Hmm. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things Amen. from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. We're going to skip to verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. Everybody say jealousy. jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. Everybody say boldly. We have to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it, do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light. Everybody say light. light. For the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard these, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who are appointed for eternal life believed. Everybody say believe. believe. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing woman. Woman, we have to be careful of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy. Everybody say joy. joy. And with the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. God, I thank you that today you are calling. You are sending your invitation for your sons and daughters here at Living Hope. You are giving us invitation to be the Antioch of our region, to be Antioch for our generation. You are saying, be like Antioch. Be the Antioch in this generation. So Holy Spirit, empower us to hear your voice, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and to obey your voice boldly, God. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I shared earlier, through the book of Acts, God is calling you and I, this church, Living Hope, to a higher place. Yes. Remember, a couple of months ago, we talked about breaking through from physical realm, breaking through to divine realm. Remember that sermon? Who was here for that sermon? God is saying, you be the Antioch of this generation, of this region. So in order for us to be the Antioch, you got to know some characteristics about what it means to be an Antioch, right? So I'm going to tell you about Antioch. Antioch was a city about 16 miles from Mediterranean Sea and 300, can you show the map, 300 miles north of Jerusalem. You see that? Antioch way up there, right? Above Syria, okay? So according to Acts 11 verse 19, Remember, remember in Acts 11, they stoned Stephen to death, right? And remember, persecution spread so fast. A lot of believers left Jerusalem, right? 
They wouldn't go. They wouldn't leave Jerusalem. So God allowed persecution to go from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. So according to Acts 11, verse 19, after stoning of Stephen, a lot of believers went from Jerusalem to Antioch, and they preached the gospel to Greek-speaking Jews. Okay? Verse uh, 20 through 2011 also said some believers from Cyprus, you see that island right there? Some believers from Cyprus also at that time went to Antioch, but these believers from Cyprus preached the gospel to Gentiles, the Greeks, okay, not the Jews, okay? So they were there. And so when they heard, when the believers in Jerusalem were the 12, well, 11 disciples and many other Christians, right? When they heard about these Gentiles becoming Christians, guess who they sent? Barnabas, okay? Barnabas, they sent Barnabas, but Barnabas was born and raised in Cyprus, okay? Barnabas, the encourager, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Let's see if that's for real. And when in chapter 11, Barnabas goes to Antioch and sees, wow, they're really encountering God. They're really becoming Christians. And Barnabas encouraged the new Christians to pursue God. But it was from Antioch that he remembered Paul. Now, if you remember our other sermons back in chapter 9, right, Paul, who was persecuting Christians, right, on his way to Damascus, what did he do? Right? He meets Jesus, right? the resurrected Jesus as a light. He gets blinded. He becomes a Christian. And he tries, he first preaches right, in Damascus and in Jerusalem, but they wanted to, Jews wanted to kill him. And so the disciples sent Paul from Jerusalem to Tarsus, way up there. You see that Tarsus? That's where Paul was born and from. So for over 10 years, this powerful Paul was forgotten by the church. He was living by himself in Tarsus. But when Barnabas went to Antioch, in Antioch he remembered Paul. And you know what Barnabas did? He went to Tarsus. And he looked for Paul and said, Brother Paul, I'm here to activate you. You are not forgotten. You are powerful. The church needs you. And guess what? It is Antioch. When you are in Antioch, you get to discover Paul's that have been hidden. Okay? Now, when Barnabas gets Paul from Tarsus, he doesn't bring him to Jerusalem. He takes him back to Antioch. And Antioch welcomes Paul and Barnabas. And for one year, they teach, they preach the gospel there. And when you look at Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas and many other believers in the church of Antioch, okay, they're worshiping God. Everybody say worship. They're worshiping God. How are they worshiping? Through fasting and prayer. Okay? They're worshiping God through fasting and prayer. And as they are worshiping God, God, there's got to be more than what we know. There's got to be more than this, the physical realm that we see. But we don't know how to get to that more. So they're fasting. They're praying. They're pursuing. They're seeking God. And as they were worshiping in Antioch, Holy Spirit speaks to them and says, Separate Barnabas and Paul for my work. Antioch is a place, not only they worship God, but they are able to hear God's voice. And Antioch is a place, right? They actually obey that voice of God. And they actually lay their hands on um, Paul and Barnabas, and they sent him. Right? So Antioch is also a place, okay, where Christians are called Christians for the first time. Not in Jerusalem, guys. It is in Antioch. They're so sold out for Jesus. They all look like Jesus and say, you're little Christ. You're Christians. They're called Christians for the first time. Hmm? 
So to be an Antioch, it's all about the Holy Spirit. You got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to hear the voice of God. You got to be able to obey the voice of God. And you got to be the Barnabases. That even if I can't see, you need to rise up and say, Pastor Sonny, Pastor Benjamin, Christian right here. Christian, God has called him. You know, there's so many Pauls hidden, even in these seats, that we cannot see. We cannot see until our church becomes an Antioch. True Antioch. With the spirit of Antioch, we could see each other. And we could say, you are powerful. You have, God has more for you than you've known. That we activate each other. Here in Antioch, we pursue God more than anything else on this earth. I hear the Lord saying, living hope. You've known my presence. You've known my word. But you got to familiar you got to familiar with my presence. You've got to familiar with me. And you know, oftentimes, sadly, familiar, familiarity, it breeds what? Contempt. Contempt. And we don't even know it. We don't even know it. That's why, you know, our teenagers, you know, look at the parents with such contempt. They have no idea that when they go off to college, what they had. Why? Because they're so familiar with the sacrificial love of the mother and a father. They have no idea until they're starving and they're too lazy to cook something up, right? And they're eating cereal for three days and they're thinking, oh, Bobby, right? So Benjamin's been experiencing that lately because we've been with his parents for about six months right now, and mom is making him chicken soup when he gets sick, right? And mom is, like, picking up his laundry, and I'm like, Benjamin, pick that up. You're a grown man, right? <laughs> but mom, she picks it up, and she does them. Not only she washes them, she folds them, <laughs> right? <laughs> Familiarity, we don't know. How precious the presence of God is because you come to church every Sunday and you feel his presence like, oh, that's just God. But you don't know how many people long to be in the presence of God that you just experience and just like, oh, that's just regular Sunday. I remember 2006 when I was in Sudan, Africa in the refugee camp, right? I couldn't sense God's presence no matter what I did. And I had to preach and teach without sensing anything. I wanted to just be quiet and die. It was that bad. And I realized on a day-to-day how blessed we are in America. When we come to church on Sunday, you think it's just, eh. But you don't understand until you leave. You hear me? When we bought apples to those Orphans in refugee camp, they ate everything, even the cords and the seeds, because they've never had an apple before. They didn't know they weren't supposed to eat everything. But here, we buy bags of apple, right? They rot. Unless you buy, like, I don't know, nectarines or something, right? Or mango. You buy apple. You barely eat it. Familiarity. You know what I, hear, what I hear the Lord saying? You become too familiar. Yeah. But I have so much more for you, living hope. Sons and daughters, I have so much more for you. There's so much more I want to release and activate in you. You need to wake up. You need to become like Antioch. God is saying, will you rise up and be the Antioch in this region? Amen. I kind of want to piggy off of what, a, what Pastor Sonny said. And so God has been really highlighting through this text, separate to me, right? I was thinking about that word, separate. I don't like being separated. I actually really like being close. Or like, like after being married, I actually don't like being separated from my husband, right? So I think that really caught my attention, separate to me, Barnabas and Saul. And, you know, I want to share a testimony that uh, when I went to Indonesia it would be two years ago, right? I had become very, very comfortable with our 
pastor than our preacher's preaching, right? And I'm just like, I'll be the ministry team, you know, like, I'll just pray, lay hands and pray, right? Until, until our pastor, when we traveled to Taylor, so Pastor Sunny wasn't there, it was Pastor Benjamin, me, Sharon, a couple of our other team members, right? We had a powerful first night revival service. It was so powerful. Like, PB preached a powerful word of God, and people were set free. Like, hands were raised to receive salvation. Like, this woman, like, came after him, but he, like, shouted, and, like, she got delivered, you know? And, and it was crazy, right? Like, the craziest but, like, most beautiful work of God that you could see, right? And then the next day comes. And, you know, the team in Taylor wanted to take us out to visit the islands and just give us a time of break before we do ministry at night, right? So we go, and, like, Sharon and I are like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then you see Pastor Benjamin. This is when he was into, like, his, his uh, what do you call that, his drone and photography, right? And he was just, like, dehydrated, like, running around and, like, doing drone shots. And, I, you know, I was watching him from, like, the tent, like, oh, he should rest. He has to preach tonight, you know. He should rest. And I kept, like, telling Sharon, like, we should tell him to rest, you know. Because we know, like, people were waiting for Pastor Benjamin to close out the night because we were only there for two nights, right. But lo and behold, he's done shooting and he's, like, like sweating and heat, like, heat stroke came on him. And he was so tired. He's like, you guys, I'm going to rest. I don't feel good. So that's when I started praying. I was like, God, resurrect him. Like, you need, Holy Spirit needs to move in and through him. It's not going to be me or Sharon, the team leaders. It's going to be Pastor Benjamin, Right. But, like, he just got worse and worse. Like, in our two-hour boat ride, he got worse and worse. And then we hear at the church that he's, like, laying in bed. Like, he's out. And so that's when we're like, all right, team, we need to pray. We need to intercede, right? Because that's what we're comfortable with. We, Sharon and I know how to do that. We know how to lead the team into prayer. We know how to, like, we know how, what we do, right? But we always find comfort and that familiarity that someone else is going to do the, the move of the Holy Spirit. Someone's going to take that mantle and lead, Right? But that someone was laying in bed just like lights out, right? And so, you know, the thing that God was really speaking to me through this was when you get called, like when God gives you a call, right? When you're called to missions or when you're called to go into a workplace and you believe like, God, I hear you calling me, right? You say yes to that. It's so easy to say yes. Like I said yes to going to missions. I said yes to going to Indonesia. I said yes to being a team leader, right? But there are areas that you have to say no to in order to fully give yourself to that yes, right? Some of that no isn't like, no, I'm not going to preach. No, I'm just going to sit back. But that no is actually to the fears that come over you. That no is to the familiarity, right? That I'm going to stay relaxed and do what I know how to do well. Do what I've been trained up to do, right? But God actually was calling on me. When I said yes to him, he was calling on me to say no to the fears, to the lies, to the lowliness, to the comfort of I'm just going to, you know, I'll just be the ministry team, right? He was calling me out. He was separating me from my comfort. He was separating me from this place of, you know, I know how to do this well. That means I'm going to rely on myself. I'm not relying on God then, right? So that night, we interceded hard. We, like, I was like, don't stop praying. Like, until PB is better, we're going to be praying. And so even through worship service, like, I was praying, God, revive him, revive him, you know. And then, like, five minutes before the worship was over, Sharon and I went upstairs to the room. He's just, like, can't even lift up his head because that's how sick he was. He was legitimately, like, sick. It wasn't fake, right. And so then we come out of the room, and Sharon and I are like, because we're the team leaders, right. Are you, are you preaching? <laughs> and then she looks at me like, are you going to preach? And it was in that moment that I, I think it was a Holy Spirit that really came over me. I really believe it was a Holy Spirit that separated me from that moment where I wanted to just kind of like, yeah, Sharon, you're the, you're, the resi- you're the more experienced one. You should preach, you know. Like God really separated me from that fear that I had nothing good to say, that I didn't have enough time to prepare, that I'm not Pastor Benjamin. How could I possibly preach at a revival service, right? God was separating me from the lowliness of what I'm so used to thinking of myself, right? And so five minutes before uh, the, the worship service was about to be over, I had nothing. I opened up 
to like a recent uh, chapter that Pastor Sunny had preached on. And it was when, um, when Moses was leading the people Israelites through the Red Sea, right? And the word was that God has sent a miracle in advance, right? You know, we're so focused on what's behind us. We're so afraid of the army that's come against us. But God has sent ahead of, ahead of us a miracle, right? And I was like, okay, I have that. Five, like two, two seconds. I have that, right? And I just... You know, it says that Paul and the people, they were ministering to the Lord, praying and fasting. I didn't get to fast, but I was just like before the Lord, ministering like, God, I have nothing. I have nothing. It's me. I'm going up, but I have nothing. And God said to me, you know, Sharon, Sharon uh, exhorted over us saying that we lack nothing, right? When we're in the dry land, we lack nothing. And God said to me, Amy, the word is already in you. The word is already in you. And he said, you're my preacher, girl. Go up and preach. And the thing is, he was saying to me, people are not here to hear Pastor Benjamin speak. They're here to hear the word of God. They're here to listen and to receive the word of God, right? We're, are we all not believers? Are we not Christians, right? And so I really want to share with you, you know, before I switch with Pastor Sonny, that there is, a yes that is so easy for us to say yes to, right? The things that we are so comfortable and confident in saying yes to. But I believe that there are no's that God has deliberately given you a chance to say no to in order for you to be set apart so that you could preach the gospel, so that you can minister, so that when you're in your workplace, you're not afraid to ask someone, can I pray for you? So that you're not afraid that when that moment comes, you're not going to ask God, uh, can you like, you know how Pastor Benjamin says, like, can you flicker that light if you want me to go pray for that person? Or can you give me a sign, right? But God is calling on us to be separated. We're saying yes to God, but what else do you need to say no to in order for the Holy Spirit to move, right? And one thing I want to say at the end of this is I realized even if nothing happened, even after I preached and everyone was just like blank stare, right? I know that in my confidence that the Holy Spirit moved, right? At the end of this chapter, it says that Paul and Barnabas were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit, right? That's the difference. When you're filled to, to receive, the ex like when you get filled because you want to be um, accepted by man, then it's circumstantial. You're going to go from high to low so quickly, right? But if your confidence is in the Holy Spirit, even if no one reacts to your sermon, even if no one responds to your preaching or the altar call, you can rejoice and be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit, right? You can't go if the Holy, I mean, you can go without the Holy Spirit, but you're not going to see anything move. That's the difference. And I believe that it was the Holy Spirit that set me apart that night. It was the Holy Spirit that separated PB that night so that the rest of us who grew familiar and comfortable can rise up. That is so good. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are Antioch. You are Antioch. Now look to the other neighbor and say, be the Antioch. Be the Antioch. Amen. So if you want to be the Antioch, everything is about the Holy Spirit. Okay. I want you to look at Acts chapter 13, verses 2, okay? Here, right, the Holy Spirit said. It's about hearing what God is saying, not what your, you know, boss or your friend is saying, what you are saying. It's about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said. Look at verse 4. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Whether you stay or go, it is by the Holy Spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by what? By His Spirit, right? By His Spirit. Even verse 9, it says, the Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Here, he goes. He hears the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? He, he goes, he, are, he is sent by the Holy Spirit to different places. And he goes and he preaches. And this sorcerer, this witch doctor rises up and he's coming against Barnabas and Paul. Just because you obey the voice of God doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. 
in life, you will have tribulation. Right? But here in verse 9, when Elimus the sorcerer came against, right, Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke boldly. Look into his eyes and said, you, right? <laughs> you are a child of the evil one, right? Right? He's able to speak even in the midst of he, him being, him, people coming against him. Look at verse 44. One thing that I noticed was this. Either, when you hear the gospel, when you hear the word of God, you either get filled with the Holy Spirit or according to uh, verse 44, or 45, I'm sorry, verse 45, either you get filled with the Holy Spirit or you get filled with what? Jealousy. Not just, not just people, non-believers, sons and daughters of God. When you're not constantly receiving the Spirit, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, you compare yourself. I'm not as powerful as her. How come Amy gets to go preach and I've been here longer? I'm a man. She's a girl, right? How come P.S. is up there? We want Pastor Benjamin. You know, sometimes, right, we compare each other, us to them, them to them. We compare. And as we compare, you think, you know, even if you put your own self down and say you compare to Amy or anybody and say, well, I'm not as powerful as them. Once you compare, you get filled with jealousy. I'm not jealous. Then why are you comparing? Wow. Hmm? I don't want to be like that. <laughs> but you've sensed some resistance and, right, in your heart against them. A little bit of bitterness. Why? Why? Because you're supposed to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you leave yourself vacant, Right? It gets filled with other garbage. You hear me? You hear me? Hmm? And just like she said, right, as you go. And after a while, right, these Christians, or not Christians, Jews, they, <laughs> you know what they did? Like God-fearing women, not like sinners. These people went to God-fearing women and said, you know what? They're not of God. And they got leaders of the city and these God-fearing women and men, leaders of the city, they came against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. You know what? Today, I want you to think about that a little bit. Because we all fear God. We all love God. Oh, it's just them. That's not me. But often... When you're supposed to be here in this divine realm, filled with the Holy Spirit, constantly hearing the voice of your Father and only allowing the voice of the Father to move you, but you're supposed to be here getting filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're here in the physical flesh realm and you get filled with resistance. Not only do you compare yourself and disqualify yourself, but you reject what is good, and you don't even know you're rejecting it. That's why in this day and age, the spirit of this age is deceiving the people, not only non-believers, but even believers inside of the church, influencing them to reject what is good. And God is saying, wake up, sons and daughters. Yeah, yeah. I have more for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I want to anoint you to be the Antioch in this region. Yeah, yeah. I want you to walk your journey of life with the spirit of Antioch. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? That you, it means that you get to, right, discover mm-hmm. Paul's around us. Yeah. God is saying, be the Barnabas, yeah, yeah. right? Robin, you know you're a Barnabas. Yeah. Right? Auntie Jackie, where is she? With, right? She's a, with, the, with the children. I told our children's teacher, you are Barnabas to our children. 
They don't know how powerful they are unless they get to see your eyes. That you, they could see in your eyes something that you believe in them. And they get to hear your voice saying there's more. You are powerful. You are Barnabases to our children and our youth. And God is not just calling Benjamin and I as a senior pastor to be Barnabas. But God is saying, rise up. Look to your left. Raise them up. Look to your right. Activate your brothers and sisters. They cannot see how amazing they are, how powerful they are. But without Barnabases, without you walking with the spirit of Antioch, everybody remain in Tarsus. Not knowing, not knowing how powerful they are. You know, just because you get filled with the Holy Spirit, just because you push through, Right? Every lot obstacles to this divine realm. And you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day you hear the voice of God and you walk by the voice of God. Just because you, are, you live here doesn't mean everything becomes easy. Just like Paul and Barnabas, every city they went to, people came against them. They got kicked out, but they were still filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Just like Amy said. You know, I remember the fact that I'm standing in front of you, right? Some of you, you're older than me. You're more wiser than me. You've known Christ more than me. But the fact that I stand here before you, it's all God. It's all God. You know why? Because I am nothing. I used to be that girl that did not believe in myself. That was so insecure that I was just thankful that God saved me. And I didn't want to defame God's glory that I believed a lie for many years. Just sit in the corner and be quiet. Just be thankful you're saved. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Let me give you an example. We send a missionary from our old church to Paraguay. So when we planted Living Hope, I took a team, right? Said, we're going to visit Vanita, right? So we go to Paraguay. And we, I mean, like we go to this like remote village somewhere. And like my heart is filled with joy. See, Benjamin was supposed to come, but at the last minute, he couldn't come, right? And so it's me and just, I don't know, eight, nine others. And we're like so excited. First time in Paraguay, okay? And so I get out of the car and it's like... Mm, I love going to new countries, like, (laughs) amazing. And Vanita was so excited, she grabbed my hand, and she ran to the pastor, the the senior pastor of that church. Pastor, pastor, meet my pastor from America. And this six feet, four inches, like, big man, right, bigger than Brian, right, big, right? He looked at me, he looks at me, and he's so disappointed. That he's, instead of a man, he sees a fight for two little Asian girl. And you know what this man did? He looked at me and walked away. I was like, oh. And then our missionary grabbed my hand and said, what's going on? Pastor, pastor. She, she drew. Cindy, I wish you were there. All right, my bodyguard, right? She, he, she dragged me to where the pastor was doing. He was barbecuing and said, Pastor, Pastor, please meet my pastor from America. And he looked with, I'm not kidding, with such disgust. Well, maybe that's not what he meant, but that's what I felt, right? (laughs) He went like that. He shook my hand without saying a word and walked away. And I remember standing there feeling like nothing. Right? God, I don't know what to do. I have to preach that night. Right? It's first revival service. And I felt so insecure. I felt so stupid. I felt I wanted to, like, just hide. Right? I'm like, oh. I felt really dumb. I did not know what to do. In that moment, I knew. I knew. I can't, I'm not wise enough. I'm not powerful enough. I can't like play the piano like Benjamin and just usher in the right presence of God. I can't do anything. 
right? And so I'm like, oh, and this is like beginning of our church, guys. I haven't had years of experience of preaching, right? This is beginning of living hell. So I'm like, oh, God, Holy Spirit, either you come or I drown. And I am embarrassed and I am ashamed or you come and you do something. And I remember just, just like Amy did in Tello. That's what I did in Paraguay. And I remember God, I just heard the still small voice of the Heavenly Father that said, daughter, neta, in Korean, netara, my daughter, lift your head up high. Lift your head up high. Lift your head up high. They'll see. They'll see. Lift your head up high. So I remember I preached my heart out. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I preached my heart out. And you know what? God moved. And the altars were filled with people weeping, getting overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And you know what was crazy? Was God highlighted this one woman. Just like God highlighted Aaron. Aaron, is that your name? Right? Yeah. Let me talk to you after, yeah? God highlighted this woman that... Right? And I just prophesied mm. over her. And she was like visibly overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. She was like blob of tears. And ev- she was just, right? And you know, after service, you know, while I was during worship and preaching, the pastor and the leaders were in the back like this. Mm. Altar, you could tell they're like, and then when, especially when I was prophesying over that woman, the pastor was right behind that woman. And later on, I found that it was pastor's wife. Come on. And she hasn't been to church for six months because she was hurt by the leadership. She has such bitterness and resentment. But hearing that uh, missionaries from America came, she came to church for the first time. And God set her free. And, you know, next couple of days, right, we spent time with her doing inner healing and reconciled her relationship with God, reconciled her relationship with her own husband, and reconciled her relationship with the leadership. And you know what was amazing? Before the trip was over, this six feet, four inches tall man, macho man, followed this five foot two, barely five foot two, he followed me around. Pastora, pastora, <laughs> like a little boy. I'm serious. He loved me and he honored me. Why? Because I'm so great? No, no. You know why? Because he got to see and encounter yes. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That yeah. he knew this little Asian girl don't know anything. But the Holy Spirit knew that his wife needed to hear God's voice. Yeah, so good. Right? You know what was, and so many crazy things happened, right? We were, like, we went to the hospital, and, like, they were manifesting demonically, and they were, like, levitating almost, right? And nobody wanted to come, right, closer. And they're, like, ran out, Pastor Sonny, we need you. And then they took, they pushed me to that bed, and this person is, like, manifesting. Everybody else is, like, way in the back, behind the door. And I don't have an interpreter, right? Where's my interpreter? Where's my Spanish-speaking leader? And I'm like, oh, oh, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Like, they're not going to understand my English. What do I do? And I just hear, heard the Lord saying, just be who I've called you to be. I didn't have interpreter. You know, I just did deliverance in English. And you know what was so crazy was that during that deliverance, she responded in English. (laughs) In a remote village in Paraguay. I can't even make stuff up, guys. I can't even make things up on my own. I'm not that smart. I'm just as amazed as every one of you. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. I remember we were having our daily morning devotional, and pastor, big pastor, brings in, like, 
No, 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 brings a family member and says his, her son or somebody had a tumor that was like big in the head and he's dying. And he asked us to pray. And our team, we, you know, we didn't even pray like hours. We just prayed like five minutes, right? And did you know by end of that night, that tumor shrunk? Wow. Shrunk, shrunk, and it became like a little dime size. What? Right? You, I could pray for you. You're not, you're not going to get healed. I don't have the gift of healing. But I've seen God heal many yeah. before my eyes. How? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Holy Spirit. To be an Antioch isn't about how do I become powerful and strong? How do I become wise? Be, to be an Antioch is facing the fact that I am nothing. I have nothing apart from God. God, apart from you, I'm going to drown. Looking to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. You know, it's not just religious, spiritual ways. I remember my, uh, step, my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law was telling me, there are times when he was working for a big corporation as an accountant, there was a systematic problem that he did not know how to fix. His boss did not know how to fix it. His boss's boss did not know how to fix it. And he said, he prayed, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. I, have, I'm, I'm not trained for this. I don't have enough wisdom for this, enough knowledge for this. He said he would just ask God. And in the middle of the night, as he was just sleeping, this thoughts would come into his mind. And he would get up and he would just write. And he would go to work next day. And he would do it. And it fixed the whole system. You see, when you learn, when you learn to be an Antioch, it's even in physical realm, in your workplaces, in your situations where you do not rely upon your own strength or wisdom, but you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you say, God, I have no answer, but you have the answer. So reveal the answer to me. Hmm? So God is saying, living hope. You're so familiar with my presence and with my word. Will you respond? Will you pursue me? Will you come near me? Put a little more effort than you normally do on a day-to-day doing QT five minutes a day. God is saying give a little bit more effort to seeking his face. And you know what we're going to do as a church for 21 days? I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm imploring you. What are some other (laughs) synonyms? I am charging you, beseeching you, yes. Let's do it together, guys. See, in Acts 13, right, they together minister to the Holy Spirit by prayer and fasting. So starting on March 28th, next Thursday, Monday through Friday, you see that teen center written right there? 7.30 to 8.30, okay? Monday through Friday, every day, we're going to meet over there, and we're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to pursue God. God, 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 we are nothing apart from you. Holy Spirit, we want to be the Antioch, but we can't do it on our own. We need your spirit. Monday through Friday, there. Saturdays, we're going to fast. Monday through Friday, fasting is up to you, however God leads you. But Saturday, we're going to fast together. We're going to do liquid all the way to 6 p.m. Okay? We're not going to eat anything till 6 p.m. And then from 6 p.m., you may eat. Okay? For 21 days. Saturdays, we're going to fast liquid till 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, not just the leaders, I want every one of you for next 21 days to come to Sunday shift at 10 a.m. So that we could seek God seven days a week for three weeks. For 21 days, we're going to pursue God. And as we pursue God, putting a little bit of more effort into pursuing God, I believe with all of my heart, he will bring us here to the divine realm. He will fill you and I with the new wine. You know what? You're familiar with the old wine. You need some new wine, guys. You need some new wine, but you need to become a new wineskin. 
You understand? You have to say no to the old wineskin. That means what worked in the last season spiritually is not going to work in this new season. You got to say no, and you're going to say yes to the new wineskin. And only way for you to receive the new wineskin is putting a little bit of effort in pursuing God. Amen? God is saying, living hope, sons and daughters, come to me. Come to me. Be the Antioch. Be the Barnabas. Be the Paul. Be the church. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be moved by the lies of the enemy that compares you with others, but only be moved by the voice of God. When people put you down, even publicly, you could hear the voice of your father saying, lift up your head up high. Preach your heart out. They'll see. Even if they don't see, I see. I see you. And I am here for you, and I am with you. Will you rise with me, with the worship team, to the front? Amy, join me. Today, I need you to respond. God is requiring your personal yes today. And there are certain things, just like Amy said, that you have to say no to. God is saying, will you come to me and say, God, I want to be the Antioch, but I don't know how on my own. So Holy Spirit, will you fill me up with your spirit? See, you can't wait until you fully understand. You hear me? In your own personal understanding, you're not going to get divine realm. You come before God and you surrender and say, God, God, I am nothing apart from you. I need you. I need to hear your voice. I need to encounter your presence. I need you, God, and I want you, to, I want you to respond to the word of God, saying, I invite you to be the Antioch. Will you allow me to anoint you to be the Antioch? Come on, respond to God right now. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I pray that every son, every daughter in this room, Lord, I pray that they did not hear the voices of Sonny and Amy. But through our voice, God, we pray that everyone heard the voice of God. That you are pinpointing certain areas in their lives. Maybe you are saying, you are more. You are more than you think. You know, I have more for you. I want to activate you in your destiny. But you got to come to me. You got to say yes to me. And maybe some of you, God, is saying, it's time. It's time for you to be the Barnabases, to discover the Pauls around you. They will remain in Tarsus if you don't go and get them. If you don't go and raise them up and activate them. God is saying, I need you to be the Barnabases in this house. Amen? Amen. Mm. Come on, respond to God right now.